Parenting is often lived in the extremes. It's either great joy or chaotic overwhelm. In one moment, you're nailing it, and the next, you're losing your cool. I want to help you find your way to the messy middle, to a place of balance. You see, balance is a verb, not a state of being. It is a thing you do, not a thing you are. It is an action, a process, a series of micro-corrections that you make each and every day to keep yourself feeling centered. We are never truly balanced. We are engaged in the process of balancing. Hello, I'm Dr. Laura Froyan, and this is the Balanced Parent Podcast, where overwhelmed, stressed out, and disconnected parents go to find tools, mindset shifts, and practices to help them stop yelling at the people they love and start connecting on a deeper level, all delivered with heaping doses of grace and compassion. Join me in conversations that will help you get clear on your goals and values and start showing up in your parenting, your relationships, your life with open-hearted authenticity and balance. Let's go. Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Laura Fryan, and on this episode of the Balanced Parent Podcast, we're going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to be the one who's getting coached. I brought in my friend and amazing colleague, Ali Kazaza, who is on this beautiful, passionate mission to eradicate hot mess mom culture. And she does through her courses and programs that I'm a student in. She teaches families how to have a more balanced, simplified home life family life. And so she has a beautiful book called Declutter Like a Mother. Uh, If any of you have ever taken her yearly challenge, it's amazing. And the book is even better. And what we're really going to be talking about today, though, is how to get out of overwhelm and into action and create more space in your homes and your family. And we're going to be talking about this in the context of clutter today, but really what Allie does is she applies this to so many different areas of your life. She declutters everything. So Allie, welcome to the show. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do, and then we'll dive in. Yeah. Thank you so much for inviting me into this space. I know how hard it is to build a platform that people are actually listening to. (laughs) Like it's easy to make one, but then no one's there. So to build one that people are listening to is no small feat. And thank you for inviting me here. Yeah. So you said it so well. I love coming into spaces, both physical and metaphorical, that have people feeling really weighed down and just really heavy and that are affecting them. And sometimes they don't even realize it. It's kind of indirectly affecting their mental well-being, their emotional capacity to be present for their families, their parenting, their relationship, their intimacy, their sex lives, like their health. I mean, it affects everything. And my favorite place to start is the physical space. Your home environment is such a foundation for everything. And you kind of don't realize it until it's like either too late and it's really bad. Or you kind of just like, oh, clutter, decluttering sounds cool. I'm not really feeling like that's a huge burden, but I'll try it. And then you get to the lighter side and you realize, oh my gosh, that was really affecting me. So I always encourage people with everything that I do, it's so big and very general. Let's start with the home environment. That's the best place to start. And then we can kind of deal with everything else in life from that place. Oh, I so resonate with what you're saying there. I think that for many of us, we've spent the past two years in our homes a lot more than we ever have before. 
right? Mm-hmm. And I know for some people, some people took that chance to really declutter. And I'm sure that you saw increased enrollments in your courses because they were focusing on those things. Yeah. Um, but I also know that for some of us, we almost had this kind of like safety nesting reflex. There's this thing I think that humans do when we feel unsafe and there's trauma and stress on our nervous systems that we kind of go in and we bring things close. And that is totally my response (laughs) to stress is to kind of nest and hole up and bring everything closer. And now as I'm facing, you know, my kids are going to be getting their vaccines in just a few days and the world is going to be opening up again. I'm ready to shed it. And I've been looking around my house and I feel just so closed in, so overwhelmed, and I'm ready to be... loosened up and light, but I feel like so overwhelmed on where to start. Like it just Mm -hmm. feels impossible. Yeah. And I thank you for even sharing that that is your response because no one talks about that. And it's easy to just shove things in drawers and under beds and just kind of like, oh, well, whatever. It's kind of like um, everyone's been talking about you know, their weight from the pandemic. And, and this is my thing. I do what you do with things. I do that with food. It's my I go-to. I do it with food too. My go-to <laughs> reflex is like, I just comforting, like uh, there's a, there's a very large period of my life where I learned that food is comfort. And so I'm always having to kind of gut check that with myself. Like, yeah. why, why am I feeling like I need, you know what I mean? So it's like, everyone struggles with this on some level in some area of life. And there literally is no shame with it. There's no room for shame with that. So starting by saying that. I do feel some shame though. I do feel like, you know, my listeners have this idea of what my home is like. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's pressure to portray this kind of beautiful image on Instagram. And it's certainly, you know, what I'm talking about isn't as bad as, you know, what we see on like hoarders TV shows. And some of my friends have relatives who are in that situation and it's really hard. There is shame. I think that shame really does thrive in secrecy. And I don't want to feel shame about this anymore. So I'm really glad that you're helping me with this. So, yeah, I mean, speaking to it, speaking like this is a struggle, the letting go and the knowing where to start. Those are my two big struggles. (laughs) Okay. So let's like, and please like interrupt me, bring this back to you every chance you get, because you are the voice of everyone listening. (laughs) So, okay. When we're looking at where to start, I mean, looking at it like, okay, how you're feeling right now. Give me like an audible list of how you feel when you're spending time in your home right now as it is. Distracted, overwhelmed, closed in, confined, almost like I'm ignoring like that thing you do when you like just aren't seeing things Mm -hmm. like you're just not seeing it. Like kind of blocking things out, which doesn't feel good or fulfilling or whole or intentional or present, you know? Yeah. I mean, but those are big words. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, okay. So let's take even just some of those words, confined, overwhelmed, stuck. Is there anywhere else in your life that you're seeing those results? Oh, yes. Oh my gosh, Ellie, you're amazing. (laughs) We're going to go deep. I feel that way in my business a lot. Some of you don't know this, but Ali was my business mentor too. I do. I feel that way in my business a lot. I am, there's lots of things that I'm working on decluttering in the kind of the business side of this. I know my listeners don't get to hear about the business side very much. You know, they know I make courses and everything, but there's pieces of it that need to be decluttered and shed too. I just did that in my business. Like the whole month of September was decluttering my business and it's really hard. 
So I just want you to understand like everything is reflecting everything else. So when your home feels like that, it's being reflected from somewhere else. Always. It's never about the clutter. It's never about the stuff. It's a symptom of something deeper. So, and every, even though your listeners don't really know the ins and outs of your business, like you work and a lot of them work too. So if you are listening and your home is feeling anything like what Laura was describing, or even if it's different, but the words you use would would be different, look at like, get it out on paper, write it down or speak it out. And then ask yourself, where else am I feeling that? And the thing is, this is my favorite thing about decluttering is that it really is never about the clutter. As we work through this together, Laura, and you go and you start to like take action in your home, it's very therapeutic. And because it's being reflected from somewhere else in your life, that will also clear. So I guarantee you, and this is going to give you motivation to do it because it, it does feel extra and we already are limited on time and you're raising kids and you're running a business and you have a relationship and you have friendships and it's a lot. I want you to know that when you clear the physical space, I guarantee you, you're going to have more space to get downloads for your business your revenue will increase. You'll get some new idea. Something will break through because this is a theme in your life right now. And the, when the problem goes away and the symptoms go away, you take care of those symptoms and you pull it out at the root. It has to echo everywhere else that it's been echoing. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes complete sense. You know, Ali, I talk about this exact thing when it comes to parenting. So much of what we struggle with, with our kids or even with our partners is just an echo or a reflection of what we're struggling with internally. And, you know, if we're struggling being compassionate and kind or respectful to our kids, most of the time we're also struggling to be kind, respectful, and compassionate with ourselves. And I always want my people to start with what's inside, start with like where it actually is. We can reflect what we are actually embodying within, you know, and yeah, no, it makes complete sense to me. You're always going to be reflecting throughout the different parts of your life. Mm -hmm. And everyone always wants to know like, well, which one caused which like for your situation was the business like this first. And then your environment reflected it was the home like that first. And then the business, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because if you fix one area, it's, Oh, it's going to reflect back. So that's really freedom for us. You don't have to sit and do all this like crazy, deep draining self-reflection. And you're like journaling and crying and having a burning ceremony. Like those things are all great, but you don't have to do that. You can literally just see the reflection. And the reason I brought that up first is because I want you to see that you're normal. You're reflecting everywhere and the problems are being projected to different parts of your life. And it is heavy. And you're right that you feel shame. Like it makes sense that you feel that it doesn't need to have space in your life, but it makes sense that it does. It's okay that it's been this heavy and that, and that hard. That is very heavy. It's very heavy to be running a business and creating jobs and leading people that are strangers on the internet and the inner workings of that getting really muddled and cluttered and making you feel confined, making you feel stuck and not really knowing what to do. That's a terrible feeling. It makes sense that that would reflect in your space or vice versa. It's okay. So I want you to understand that this is here for a reason. Every single thing is absolutely happening for you to get that breakthrough. There's some big breakthrough, Laura, that's going to come for your business. 
and then in turn is going to come for the, the people of the world that listen to you, that take your advice, that are raising their babies a new way that their gener- their, their family, past generations have never raised their babies before. And that breakthrough cannot come if you do not hit rock bottom or get confined or get stuck. In the, the confinement comes the like, poof, the expansion. Yeah. Yes. Mm. So we cannot have expansion if we don't have confinement. None of this needs to equal shame. None of it needs to even be bad. Let's throw out bad and good. And just this is happening for me. Now we're here and you realize all this and you're ready for that breakthrough to come through the new ideas, the space. So to create space in your business for new ideas, new downloads, new amounts of money and impact, we need to create space in your home. Mm. So that connection cannot be overlooked. Oh my gosh. So everybody (laughs) listening, I was crying while Ali was saying all of that. It was very powerful to be validated in that way. I really appreciate that, Ali. Of course. And it's just the beginning because this realization is like so small compared to the ideas that are ready for you. Yeah. Like the new ways of doing things, the the decluttering of your business, it feels so good. And how therapeutic, like what a gift that decluttering is. It is therapy. Getting what? rid of physical like sweaters doesn't seem like it has anything to do with your business, but it does. It just does. It's so connected. It is. I don't understand why more people aren't talking about it this way. I feel like you talk about this in such a different, more holistic way that this is really something that's about your whole self, your whole world. It really is. It has yeah. nothing to do with things. And that's my problem with the minimalist niche and why I kind of shy away from the word sometimes because it's got nothing to do with that. It's not stuff for the sake of stuff or less for the sake of less. It's every piece of you. You got here from being a certain way that's not serving you. And we have to get to the root. So having said all of that, the next thing that I would have you do, like if we're like, okay, we're doing one-on-one coaching, right? Where you're, you're in the program, you're in whatever version of this that I'm teaching you. And for the sake of right now, I'm going to have you set the intent. Like you said, how you feel now. So now I want you to give me an audible list of words of how you want to feel when you walk into your space, put your business aside, because Mm -hmm. we already know that the words will be the same, (laughs) but your physical home, let's imagine like a typical day for you. You, I know you take your kids out a lot, I guess go and you like take like little day trips and you go and do stuff and you're teaching them along the way you walk in and you're like pretty done. You know, you got to like figure out dinner and it's that time of day and you walk into your home. How do you want to feel? I want to feel light, have it be easy to come home. I want the kids to be able to have a playroom that they can easily go get immersed in right away so that I can make dinner mm-hmm. with a, a clear, clean kitchen, which is the one area that I actually do a really great job in <laughs> keeping tidy. And But I, I want to be able to clear is the word that keeps coming mm-hmm. up. I want there to be white space. I want there to be like visual white space. I also want it to be beautiful where you can actually see and enjoy what's there as opposed to there being lots of stuff there or things getting in the way. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Those are great words. So 
you set that intention that that's how you want to feel in your home. And so this is my favorite thing to teach with decluttering because yes, I'll tell you what part of your house to start in. I'll tell you about the piles and you'll have, you know, donate, keep, toss, just needs to be put away somewhere else. And we'll do all of that. But first and deeper is how you want to feel in setting the intention for your space. Let's look at this from a financial perspective. Pretty much everyone listening, I mean, unless you've paid off your home, which is awesome, is paying some amount of money to your house, whether it's rent, mortgage, whatever, you're paying something. Mm -hmm. And for most people, that amount of money is the majority of their expenses. Your home is typically the biggest expense. And you're paying by, you know, like square footage, you're paying based on how much space you have. Is that space even working for you? Do you even like it there? Like right right now, Laura, you know, you don't, it's working against you. Mm. So technically like you're paying the biggest amount of your monthly budget to a space that's making your life harder. And (laughs) it makes no sense. It's not how you want to live, but here we are. And so I think when we just get intentional and then we look at like, well, what do you want then? And you know what you don't want and you know where you are now and you know what you do want now. So when we're going through, rather than just being like, okay, like keep, toss or donate based on, I don't know what, or if it makes you feel a certain emotion, which is a very popular decluttering technique, which works for some people, but not a lot. Or have I used this recently? Like these questions can all be helpful, but beyond that and deeper than that is what you just said here. Does this help my home feel light, easy? clear and beautiful Mm. that it doesn't align with the intention that you're setting. And then I go even deeper. And I talk about this in the book. I go even deeper and have people set that an intention for each space they're working on. So like every bathroom, every closet, every bedroom, every storage closet, their garage, like every space you're paying for, you're giving energy to, this is where you're raising your family right now. What is your intention for it? How do you want to feel? How do you want company to feel when they walk in here? And then that can help. That's such a deeper, like you said, more holistic, resonant process than, well, do I use this? I don't really know. I haven't really thought about it. I guess I do. i I guess if it was Thanksgiving, I would, I don't know. Like it's just not enough ground to make a solid decision. And because decluttering is literally making decisions, people avoid it because they don't have a solid foundation for how to make those decisions. So when you say like light, easy, clear, beautiful, that is such a more solid foundation for deciding if something stays or goes. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes so much sense. Okay. So a few things came up for me while you were talking. One is that I think I am struggling with decision fatigue right now mm-hmm. in this world. I feels like I have made over this past, you know, two years with school and kids and travel and, you know, what do we do and safety and every decision feels like it's life or death, you know, right now, cause it's so stressful. I feel like I'm, I know I'm struggling with decision fatigue and I know my listeners are too, cause this is something that they actually talk with me about. Like when we were going back to school, that was a big part of why back to school was so stressful this year for families is because they literally 
we're so exhausted of making really yeah. intense decisions. Mm-hmm. So that decision fatigue definitely comes into play. And my, like, when I've decluttered in the past, my, like, mode when I'm in de- decision fatigue is to just throw out everything. <laughs> and that's not always yeah. helpful either. Because, again, it's not intentional. So I love that what you're saying, you know, is to be super intentional. And I was also thinking about, like, how magical would it be to sit with my girls in their bedrooms and ask them those questions? How does it yes. feel like right now to be in your room? You know, what do you want it to feel like? And go with that intention for their rooms. What a powerful thing. I know you you talk about decluttering with kids a lot. And there's a, the kids book comes out in March, 2022. And Ooh, that it walks them through that process, which oh is so God. cool. It almost kind of removes so much of the logic. Let's not put so much pressure on the logical brain thinking through a decision. It becomes more of a feeling thing. Mm. And it becomes more of a gut reaction thing, like a even a body reaction when you are looking at this random item and you're like, okay, I want to feel light, easy, clear. I want things to be beautiful. Is this helping me do that? And it's just almost kind of like your body expands or contracts. Like you just kind of know, like, no, it doesn't. It's just not worth it. And then I think it's like, right. It's it's your your intuition. intuition. And so it's so much lighter to make decisions based on that than to have to be thinking. And when was the last time I wore this dress? Like, well, now I have to try it on and that's exhausting. And like, you just know, I never, I never grab at this. It's been sitting in here for three years. I never grab it. I just, it's obviously not helping me feel light, easy and beautiful. So I'm going to get rid of it. Oh, Allie, I think you are speaking to something that collectively as a female population, because most of my listeners identify as women, mm-hmm. that we are having this like, intuitive revolution right now. I think we have been forced for so long to be logical and to use our thinking brain. And since the time we were little kids, it has been trained out of us that we have a gut that's worthy of listening to, of trusting. And it's so hard. And I'm just thinking about like, what a powerful way to learn to trust yourself again and to practice your intuition. You know, mm-hmm. to cause so many of the parents listening, they come to shows like mine looking for the answers, the right way to do things, because we've been so trained out yeah. of listening to our intuition. And a lot of my work is helping parents reconnect with the truth that's within them and trust themselves and trust their children. And that's what you're doing. That's what you're saying right here. It's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. I think you're right. We are in this time of awakening and it's really beautiful. And I think what I have seen, and I know you're the same is moms not knowing how to listen to themselves because they don't even know who they are. Mm -hmm. They've given their identity up to a role. So they have lost touch and that's terrifying. It makes sense that you'd be terrified for those of you listening and identifying with this. It it all makes perfect sense and it is all okay, but it is not your destiny to stay there and to raise your kids from that place and to live your life from that place. So yeah, I think that, and, and what a cool light thing to play with your intuition with decluttering, like it's very low pressure. And just kind of playing with that, like noticing, like, do I even know how to feel my body's response to this dress? Like, it seems kind of silly, but it will tell you. I don't think it's learn to listen. 
I don't think it's silly at all. I think it's incredible. And I, I think it's always so great to practice a skill on kind of a low stakes thing. Although yeah. I feel like that diminishes what we're talking about here. It's not a low stakes thing. You always say what takes up your space takes up your time and yeah, how you, mm-hmm. I, what is the other phrase that you always say? I forget. About how you spend days. your days is how you spend your life. Yeah. Annie Dillard said that. Oh yeah. Well, I love that quote that I learned through you. I don't think that this is unimportant. I think listening to our intuition, especially as women, is really important. Absolutely. Um, It is so important. It is everything. And at the same time, it's like a paradox. It's very low pressure because you can get another spatula if you need to. You can get another dress if you need to. So it's a really safe place and it's your space. You would know more than anyone else. I can't come in and tell you what to keep and what to get rid of. Only you can do that. I can guide you to knowing, but you know, and there's silly things like no one needs 17 spatulas. You know what I mean? Like there's things like that, but really like this is about how you want to design your life because you're spending it here. So it's just really interesting how it is like the most important, most beautiful gift, big, important thing, and also very safe to play and make mistakes. It's beautiful. I think that there's something there to think about like that doing this can help you fine tune your intuition and you can use that skill in other areas. Do you find yourself using the kind of the fine tuned intuition that you've developed in your work in other areas of your life? So much. The practice of, because there's always that fear. What if I need this later? And for me personally, coming from a past of literally having like almost no income and not being able to buy things. If I wanted to buy things, the fear of what if I can't get this again, even if consciously it doesn't make any sense now, it's just there still. All it can of be that. there it's, for generations too. can be there for generations. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. People pass things on. Things are ingrained in us. Like it is so deep. So it doesn't make conscious sense almost ever, but even when though, when that is there, I can still tap into my intuition. That doesn't, I can't get past that when I'm thinking about this logically. I just can't. There's an inexplicable wall that I can't get past. But when I go to my intuition and I go to the, how it feels and how I want to feel and what you said here, light, easy, clear, beautiful. I know like this doesn't, I don't need three tripods for my phone, for my work. I only need one. I can let this go. I know I can feel that. And I know that I'm resourceful enough to get another one if I needed it. And I get to give this to someone else that does what I do that's just starting out. And I get to give them that gift. And that feels really good. Like I get to focus on what feels good rather than overthinking the hell out of every single item. It's exhausting. No wonder nobody finishes and wants to do it. Yeah. No, it is exhausting. I feel like you were just talking about parts work. Do you know what parts work is? Like, No, I've never um, heard that. So there's a theory that we all have kind of an internal family of parts that are all kind of working together to serve us. And then we have our core self. And I was just thinking like, as you were going through that, because that's a thought process that's very similar for me, that there's this part of you that's worried about, will I be able to get it again? And should I hold on to it? Will I need it? And then there's this other part that, uh, you know, has these other worries and concerns. And then your core self is able to tap, like, that's where your intuition resides. It's really interesting to think about it that way. I feel like that will be really helpful for me. A lot of my listeners are doing parts work as they do their parenting work because lots of us respectful parenting or conscious parenting does not come easy. It's not Mm. intuitive or it's been so conditioned out of us that we have a lot of work to do to get to those respectful 
kind of that core compassionate self that's naturally Mm -hmm. kind and loving. And so we're doing parts work with parenting. And I I think this is another place where I can apply that. So thank you for that. Yeah. That, thank you. I've never heard of that. I'm going to look into it. That's amazing. Is that way with everything? Like there's always going to be yeah. a, a reason to keep it or a reason to not decide something. But if it's not ultimately aligning with what you really want, you can feel that. And that's not a logical thing. And so you don't need to have decision fatigue in this. You don't need to overthink it. You don't have to have reasons and backing it up and, and proving that you won't ever need it again. Like it's a feeling thing. And it's also very seasonal. There are seasons of my life where I am like, I need another wave of decluttering. I just am overwhelmed and it's echoing everywhere. And I need to get like extremely streamlined again. And other times where I'm like, oh, my closet's a little full, but I'm good. I love having the options. I'm I'm freed up. I'm playing. I love having all Mm -hmm. these different things and it doesn't bother me. So it is going to change. Release the pressure from yourself. You know what I mean? Like let it be perfect. And it's a lifestyle you're living. Yeah. So I think that the biggest thing for people listening and for you, Laura, is to stop making decluttering mean so much that feels so pressured. Like I got to do this thing and get rid of all this stuff or I'm not going to be free or I got to get this task done. I got to tackle it. It's very masculine and overwhelming. Yeah. The masculine energy was the word that was bobbling around in my head. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We got to just let it go. You're ready. I can like feel it. You're ready to just release a lot in your Mm -hmm. life right now and in your business for sure. Probably a couple other areas on a smaller scale. Like you're just in a place of releasing. And so as almost like a spiritual practice to help you through that, you're going to release some physical stuff but there doesn't need to be rules. There doesn't need to be a tight schedule. There doesn't need to be this big thing you're doing every Saturday morning. You're giving up your whole weekend to, to do this big thing. Like, let it be easy. Let it feel good. Let it flow and let it echo how you want to everything else to feel as you're kind of purging your business. I'm sure you want that to feel easy and light and good. So let this purge feel easy, light and good because it will always echo. Yes, you're speaking so much truth right now, Ali, and I it's the same for parenting. Letting it be easy, like I, I parents come to me in striving and grasping and holding on so tight to getting it right, getting it perfect, not causing any damage. They're so stuck in fear and in scarcity and what you're talking about is the opposite of yeah. you know, it's embracing that we have time, that there is time, there is space to go with how this is flowing, that there's not a er, true urgency right now that we can release that and let go. You're doing it to yourself. Mm -hmm. You're putting that on yourself and you're making it mean you're assigning meaning to, to the timeline that you made up. Yes. Like it, I mean, some people have the space and they love that. I do put like some timelines in there for people that want it. Like they have a move coming in. It's in six weeks. And they want to go through their whole house. Great. Here you go. But you have to ask in every single thing, is this helping me or hurting me? And if it's mm. hurting you to have a timeline, release it. Cause you made it up for yourself. There is no timeline. There is no time. Technically, if we want to go down that path, like (laughs) everything is an illusion. Everything is being, you're assigning so much to everything and it's not helping you. It's harming you. So I think it's really about making this work for you. And then from there, we can get even more like micro with it and think like, okay, but like, what do I do? Where do I start? What do I, how do I do it? And are you ready to go down that path or is there more you wanted to expand on here? No, we can. Absolutely. I don't want, I don't want 
to give away all of your craft secrets though either. <laughs> no, it's okay. Okay. So after we get, like, you got so clear just now and you're even like your body language is shifting, like your face looks lighter. Like this is why, like all of that is so important. And there's even more, like it's even deeper that we can go and go into it in the book and all of that. But once you're ready to like, okay, like what do I do though? And you're feeling good about it. Start in the bathroom. Literally, we're going to start in the most like inconspicuous of spaces because we want this to be easy. And you even said that and how you want to feel in your home. So we're like, what if I was coaching you full, like long-term, I would be like, okay, so you want to be light, easy, and clear. Then that's how this process has to feel. You won't come back to it. Okay. So can I ask you a bathroom question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Sorry. So the bathroom is something that's really interesting to me. So for Mm -hmm. the most part, I have a makeup routine that I love that's light and easy. And mm-hmm. I really only use like four pieces of makeup and that's mm-hmm. it. I love it. But I also, the creative artist in me loves to play with makeup. So I love having wild eyeshadows. Nobody even ever sees them on me. I just do them for myself. Like I'm five years old playing in my mom's makeup, you know, with her like eighties blue <laughs> eyeshadow. Yeah. I mean, so what do I do with that? Like I have my regular makeup and I have this other makeup, you know, that I have for fun that I buy for fun that I use to kind of paint my face as a canvas but that I don't actually do very often. So what do you do with yeah. something like that? I do that too. I'm like that with makeup and I'm like that with clothes and hair. Like I'm kind of a girl girl. <laughs> I love um, it. It makes but, my like inner child feel so good. <laughs> same. I love it. And and then like I'll rant, like I just pulled it out. I have this palette that's super bright eye colors that I never use, but I just pulled it out um for my daughter for Halloween. Yeah. She, was, she wanted to be a dragon princess. So we did like wild, like red and purple and pink eye, like crazy. And and then like for this really fun party I went to, I did like a bright pink underline. Like it just it, it happens sometimes. And I'm like, I'm glad I have it. So you always want your space to align with who you really are, not your ideal version of yourself, not, you know, the Mm. plainest, the most tired version of yourself, but who you really are. So for me, I am like you, like my makeup routine is very simple, very light in the morning. And I, I have like a little cute basket that I just literally keep on my sink with my like few pieces of daily makeup in it. But then I have this other bin with a lid that has all those fun things. And I also have like heavier, like not natural, like TV makeup for when I have to do something where I'm like, the natural stuff is going to make me look shiny. I can't wear that. I got to have the hard stuff. (laughs) So I have like those foundations and powders and then like the really fun, like playful makeup that I pull out very rarely in a bin and it's underneath my sink. It was underneath my sink in this house. It's in my closet on the shelf because my new sink is very tiny. So just keep it somewhere else. The point is if you're not grabbing at it on a regular basis, it's, it's in your way. Mm-hmm. But it just get it out of your way. It doesn't need to go. It just needs to be out of your way. So I think what I've seen in like clients and students is they kind of think like, well, this is where bathroom stuff goes, though. So then yeah. all of their bathroom stuff is there. And it's like, well, now it's so full. It's so cluttered. It's okay to put bathroom stuff in the closet. It's okay to put bathroom stuff in, you know, underneath your bed or in your top drawer in a bin next to your socks. Like, no one's going to police you. It's okay. <laughs> so it's almost like you have to kind of go in with a big eraser and just erase all of the like shoulds and like, well, this is the dining room. So we have to dine here, but you never dine there and it's wasted space and you homeschool, make it a school room. Well, this is the bathroom and I have no space and I, all this stuff is here, but it can't go anywhere else. Like put it in the top shelf in your closet and then put mm-hmm. a little step stool in there for you for when you want to grab it, like just kind of 
reassess how the space needs to work for you. And that's actually the first step when you are going to like, let's just say, okay, we're going to start in the bathroom. The reason I have you do that is because there's not sentimental stuff in there. It's really a light, easy, yes and no decision-making feeling space. And then beyond that, like, how do you want to feel in here? How do you, how does this room need to work for you? Start thinking outside the box and what are the problems? I don't have enough storage, but I have all this stuff and I I can't, I've already gotten rid of what I need to get rid of. And I still have not enough space. Okay. Then you have a space issue. How can we, like, we're kind of problem solving, brainstorming, becoming an action taking problem solving person, as I call it, where you're like rethinking things. And that also takes the pressure off of making decisions because you're like getting, you're ideating and it's high energy and it feels good instead of, oh, I got to decide. I got to get rid of stuff. I got, you know what I mean? It's a creative process. You're describing a creative process, which automatically feels light and fulfilling and, and, and joyful. That's beautiful. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So that's what I have people do. And that's where I have people start. And then, yeah, you do, you have your piles, like you're going to get rid of things. You're going to give things away, probably not in the bathroom, but in other spaces of your home, there may be things you want to donate. There may be things that you do want to keep. It just doesn't belong in there. So that's the put away pile. And you're just kind of making decisions in a way that feels really good and very doable. And then carrying that philosophy to all the different areas of your house. Okay. Yes. Uh, Yes. Okay. So I I'm loving this. Can we talk for just a second about kids' toys? Yeah. Too, because I know like, so lots of my people who listen are play enthusiasts. We love kids' toys. Half, I feel like half the toys in my kids' playroom are for me and not for them. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Because I love them so much. (laughs) I have more toys in my playroom because it's part of my job. I have to have some for, you know demonstrations and everything. So, but I I think that one of the things that people have trouble with, one is that toys can take on a lot of sentimentality for our, you know, if we see our kids not playing with them anymore, they've outgrown them like rattles and things from when they were babies. And then the other, like the thing that I struggle with is will my kids be using this one day? So my kids go to a Waldorf school, they do a lot of finger knitting and they use their finger knitting to make things like reins if they're playing pony or or dragons because they ride dragons when they're playing. That's literally same. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so kids. much dragons. Yeah. I have all of these lengths of like finger knitted yarn that like we have yarn, they can re-finger knit. There's benefit in re-finger knitting it. They could, if they want, you know, a new rein for their game, there's fine motor skill development that happens in, in making the, the reins again. I keep it because they made it and they might use it again. And so I do have like, I don't know, advice for us parents who are struggling with the toy clutter. Yeah. So the, the reason that this is, and again, it's all okay. Like it's okay that that feels harder than other areas of the house. The kids toys is probably the most asked about thing other than wardrobe because it's not your stuff really. It's theirs. Yeah. So it's hard. I'm going to pull you back to your intention, which was light easy, clear, and beautiful. Does having all that stuff make your home, forget the kids for a minute. Does that make you feel like everything is light, clear, easy, and beautiful to save everything they make? No. Right. No, it feels burdensome. Right. I mean, their art is another thing that I just feel so burdened by because I adore kids art. I used to, in grad school, I used to do a lot of art therapy and interpretive Mm -hmm like artwork. So like they've 
kids were making art, we did a lot of kind of psychoanalysis on based on kids art. I, I just love kids art. It's yeah. very hard for me to get rid of art. I feel, but I feel very burdened by it. And so the very thing that is beautiful to you is now heavy. Yeah. It's such a mind twist about how that happens. <laughs> yeah, totally. Okay. Well, I can help you with that. But for the toys first, so you know that something has to shift, that has to go, something has to happen. So what I would do is sitting down with my kids and expressing that and just kind of giving them the paradox. Like, I just love this so much. I love these things. I love these toys. I know that you guys love these things and pulling out like, oh my gosh, like look at these favorite things. Look at like just kind of memories and like expressing how you feel. And then also like, you know, I've been noticing that I feel like it's just so much to pick up. It's so much to cling, just expressing yourself and showing them how you feel and then asking for their take. I asked my kids for their take. And there's only been like one time when my daughter was about six that she didn't echo how I felt. And she was like kind of anxious and didn't want to get rid of anything. And I know you probably know way more about this than I do around that age is a developmental thing where they kind of attach, like everything has a personality. Everything has a soul. Everything is so important. And like Mm -hmm. every stuffy is like a whole, like, and so she was just going through that and I just let it breathe. And when she was like eight, things shifted and she was more ready to get rid of things. So just let it be. You don't want to cause any trauma here. <laughs> or like I love have a that. recipe for a hoarder or anything. No. <laughs> but just usually the kids are like, yeah, I don't, I'm like, I don't really want to clean up all the time. I want to play. I want to play with you guys. I want you guys to play with each other. I want you to have space to play and just kind of showing them the problem. Mm-hmm. And then being like, what would you think if we picked our favorites? And then like maybe got rid of a few things. And for my kids, it always helps to bring in empathy and kind of say like, we're not just going to throw these things away. Like, I mean, with the yarn, that's probably a different story. But with toys, like there are kids that don't have what we have. I always want my kids to be super mindful of their privilege and how much they have. For me, we've taken our kids to the, my favorite place to donate is women and children's shelters. They're Mm -hmm. so willing to take things. They're in most cities and it's so much better than like a big box donation center. My kids have been there and they have seen the, the kids and they have interacted with them and that has stuck with them for, that was years. That was when we lived in Arkansas. That was years ago. And so that empathy side, I mean, it just helps for them to see the big picture, like show them the big picture, be honest with them and then help them navigate that. Like, then we could give this to them and they would be, oh my gosh, they would, that would change their life versus for us. Like we don't really use this very often. Like I walk my kids through it. Does that help so far? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think it's okay. so helpful. I think that that's the the main thing. And then of course there's things that come up and there's different personality types and motivations and things you can do to connect with your kids more. I have a whole course on that because it's insane. It's so deep and it's so layered, but really like, just tell them, be honest with them, just have the conversation, show them this conflict. And the truth is we don't want to teach our kids that we keep every single thing because you're passing down the burden you feel. Mm -hmm. I know that's not what any of us want. So we have to teach them how to have a relationship with stuff, just like we teach them how to have a relationship with another person, how to have a relationship with food, how to have a relationship with themselves. I mean, it's the same thing. Yeah. You know, there's this last fall, my parents gave me all of my boxes of childhood memorabilia that they'd been saving. Mm -hmm. So I had to go through it. 
and it was very burdensome. It felt very heavy that all the stuff that they had saved and I had to get rid of it. And I, I really like don't want to do that to my kids. I really don't want exactly. to, you know, when they're 35, hand them their childhood in a box and make them responsible for it. And that, and so why would we teach them that that's kind of how things work now? Like it's healthy to teach them to naturally start to sift and make some decisions and make space. You're mm-hmm. teaching them how to have a healthy relationship with things. And it really is like, there's such a big conversation around diet culture right now and food and teaching our kids to have a healthy relationship with that. So they don't have to go through what our generation, to. especially of women <laughs> went yes. through. And so it's the same thing with stuff. Food is constant. You're always going to be having interactions with food and, and drinks. You're always going to be having an interaction with things and consumerism messaging. So we have to teach our kids how to have that relationship. So it let it be gentle. Let it be easy. Let it be slow. Lead by example. Just talk to them. Just mm. say how you're show them. You have to show them and teach them. They can't just know. So that's, I mean, I know that's very general, but that is what the biggest message that I would say about kids stuff. I love how collaborative that is, Allie. I really do. I think so many in the simplicity and minimalism world who work with kids or work with parents and they're dealing with kid stuff, they tell... I hear all the time, you know, do it during nap time, do it while they're asleep. And they won't even know they're two, they're three. They won't so even damaging. know. I, I just, I'm so glad you're like, saying it. You went into their space and you made decisions that weren't yours to make mm-hmm. the lack of trust, the anxiety that I have literally seen that cause is extremely damaging. If you really like want to get down to it, everyone's all like, Oh, like hoarders, hoarders. The recipe for a hoarder is to break the child's privacy, their right to their things, their relationship with things. Hoarding is really heavy for someone to carry. I hate the show hoarders. It capitalizes on someone's deepest pain and then doesn't even help them through it. They just go in and do it for them. You know, those homes are all back to that because no one gave them therapy. It's my least favorite thing. I hate it so much. And that starts from not having control Mm -hmm. and you're taking control. So it's really unhealthy. I, sometimes people won't finish listening to me teach and they will tag me in a post where they're doing that while their kids are at school. I literally, I have like a copy and paste book that I go and I message them and I send them and I remove the tag. Like I want nothing to do with that. That is so damaging. It's not, it might make things feel cleaner for a minute, but ultimately you are getting the exact opposite of what you want. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like control is never the basis of a healthy relationship. No healthy relationship is grounded in control ever. Parent, child, partners, bosses, none of it's grounded in control. Self, like it's just not. Control is not a healthy aspect of any relationship. Exactly. And I wish people would understand that about this. It's not about cleaning. It's not about having less to clean. Those are side effects, happy side effects that come from this being done well and holistically and non-toxically from a place where it's like, really like, this is the way you guys live and breathe. This is the way you, your family culture is as it comes to things. Like you Mm -hmm. have to look at the big picture. You can't just like, well, I just am overwhelmed and I don't want to clean anymore. It's that will come but we got to get to the root. Yeah. I love that invitation, Allie. Thank you so much. All right. So I'm going to hold myself accountable and I'm going to 
post before and after pictures when this episode airs. <laughs> okay. Yes. Oh my gosh. I can't wait to see. And I know like this doesn't even need to be in the episode, but from you, me to you, box me. Aww. Like reach out. You're so sweet. He's <laughs> like, I, I want you to know that like I'm here to support you. You're my friend. And it doesn't need to feel heavy. Like if some, if you know someone and I'm reaching and I'm saying, reach out, like take it. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Allie. Okay. <laughs> I so appreciate your time and your expertise. I know that you have, I think you have a hard stop at noon today um, or at one for you. So I'll let you go. So you can have a, a few minutes, um, but I really appreciate your help. Allie, thank you so much. You're just such a beautiful thing in the world. <laughs> you're, thank you're just you. Such a Same guest. to you. I love when we collaborate and I just appreciate you so much. So thank you for having me. Oh yeah. I'm so happy when we get to collaborate. I'm feeling very impatient with myself when I, you know, I, I want to be moving faster in my business. And at the same time, like there's, I am in this place of release right now. You are so right mm-hmm. in so many different areas. I don't know. I've been feeling really impatient with my rate of growth lately. It's okay. It's like, it happens to the best of us. Okay. So thanks for listening today. Um, remember to subscribe to the podcast. And if it was helpful, leave me a review that really helps others find the podcast and join us in this really important work of um, creating a parenthood that we don't have to escape from and creating a childhood for our kids that they don't have to recover from. And if you're listening, grab a screenshot and tag me on Instagram so that I can give you a shout out um, and definitely go follow me on Instagram. I'm at Laura Froyan PhD. Um, that's where you can get a behind the scenes look at what balanced conscious parenting looks like in action with my family. And plus I share a lot of other really great resources there too. All right. That's it for me today. I hope that you keep taking really good care of your kids and your family and each other, and most importantly of yourself. And just remember, balance is a verb and you're already doing it. You've got this.